All right. Hello and welcome to the, is this penultimate or the last? Penultimate, right? You have to the week. penultimate episode of Mediatations. Um, this week, um, I've been obsessed with John Rawls. I kind of have a crush on the man. I think he's the most ethical white man to ever exist. Um, and so when we mentioned him in my Gov class last time, I was like, oh, yeah, I should talk about him. So uh, today, the media that we'll be discussing, maybe like movies like uh, Friends with Benefits, No Strings Attached, um, John Rawls's Theory of Justice, and just like hookup culture in general. So um, yeah, that's the that's the synopsis of tonight's episode. Uh, John <laughs> Rawls's <laughs> or this afternoon. Time is a construct. Um, oh yeah, but it'll be John Rawls's theory of justice applied to hookup culture. Okay, so first let's talk a little bit about John Rawls. Uh, he's a 20th century philosopher. He was a Harvard professor, and what he specialized in was inequality. And so he created this thought experiment. And so under the first scenario. Uh, there's only one person on the planet and you're the only person on the planet. So basically that means you can do whatever you want, but say you're told that someone would like to seek admission to your planet. Now they're kind of at your mercy. You get to choose the laws because you were there first. And so you can say that like, as the second person, you must do my bidding and you must be my servant or whatever. That's like, if you're in a tyrant, tyrannical mood, or you could just be like, oh yeah, you know, farm your own food. You can have your your goods or whatever you produce. So it really depends on you, but essentially the other person is at your mercy. Whereas take like the opposite scenario where someone is on a planet on their own, you're seeking admission into their planet, you're at their mercy. Any laws that they've created, you just have to abide by if you wanna live on that planet. Um, And so that sort of just like investigates the origin of power and like how you can, how identity like plays into power. So basically you have more authority if you're the first person, if you're the second person, you're at the mercy of someone. So that was basically his thought experiment. And then the second part of that is um, the thought experiment where you don't know if you're the first person or the second person on the planet. And so what that means is that you're at the original position. You don't know who you'll be and um, you're behind a veil of ignorance. You don't know what your privileges are. You don't know what your vulnerabilities are and so most people when they're in a situation and you're you're tasked with making the laws for this planet now most people when they're in a position like that they'll apply really basic game theory and they'll use a maximum strategy now under the maximum strategy you hold a high potential for being the most vulnerable person in the society so when you're making when you're constructing laws you're going to try to make them more equitable and like even if you're given like the worst hand of cards and you are the most vulnerable person in the society like it's still livable for you under those conditions and so um obviously a society constructed with those constraints on it would be a lot different than like say i don't know the u.s government today um so yeah it basically what john rawls tries to do with this thought experiment is he's accounting for inequality Okay, so we've gotten uh, the first part of the question, John Rawls's theory of justice. Now let's move on to hookup culture. Uh, so what is hookup culture? It's sort of the embrace of casual sexual encounters. Um, generally, it's without the messy emotional attachments. And so um, 
I think in like in the in theory, in theory. <laughs> caveat in theory. Okay. Um, but in the early like 2010s, by the way, that feels so weird saying like the early 2010s. Anyways, uh, so like 2011 through 2014-ish, there was like this wave of movies that romanticized hookup culture. And so you saw like Mila Kunis and is it Justin Timberlake? It's not Justin yeah, Timberlake. Yeah, so it's it Mila is. Kunis and Justin Timberlake made this okay. movie. And then Ashton Kutcher and I think Natalie Portman made like the exact same movie yeah. with a different name. <laughs> it's so funny it's all the same um but yeah you see movies like friends with benefits and no strings attached and the way that that works is like the people who live through that phenomenon so whenever like the writers or the people who like did research for those movies whenever they were in college they were experiencing it and so then they take it into the studio and then you get movies like friends with benefits and stuff so like all of those movies are sort of a reaction to something that was going on like years prior um Okay, so that's a little history on hookup culture. So what do you do when you want to combine the two of them? Um, Well, we've broken down and defined both parts of the question, but our question also does balance on the presumption that inequality exists inherently within hookup culture. That sounds kind of weird. What's unequal about hookup culture? Well, if you want to look at gendered inequality or racially rooted inequality or even uh, inequality rooted in like sexual orientation prejudices, like those are all potential, I guess, like factors that factor into like how hookup culture as a phenomenon can be um, rooted in inequality. Okay, so let's look at this empirically from a gendered lens. And I can only speak from my perspective. I'm a cis woman, so that's pretty limiting. But at least in my experience, not necessarily experience of hookup culture, but experience living vicariously, (laughs) but also just like being the consumer of media. Okay. I watch movies. I listen to podcasts. I know how hookup culture works. Um, Mm -hmm. Do I? I don't know. But anyways, there's this idea that men operate under the assumption that they can't be kind or even decent to a woman because she's hormonal or she'll be hysterical and she'll misinterpret this kindness and she'll fall in love with you. So basically, like, you know, the rules for guys are like, don't sleep over, don't make her breakfast, don't be nice to her, don't be decent to her, because she will interpret that and think that, um, you know, she'll fall in love with you. And obviously, if you're engaging in hookup culture, you want casual sex, you don't want someone to be reliant or dependent on you, especially not for like anything emotional. Okay, but then I guess like the backlash to this is that this becomes the standard. The standard is that after hooking up with a guy, he'll kick you to the curb. And so if a guy for some reason decides to make you breakfast, does that suddenly mean he's romantically interested? So just to like reiterate, if the standard is kicking you to the curb and someone decides to show human decency, then you will come to interpret that as romantic interest because you've been conditioned to expect the opposite. And so it becomes a chicken versus the egg question, right? Mm -hmm. Is it that like women will take any semblance of kindness and run with it and just assume that you're in love with them, in love with them? Or is it that women have been treated like garbage and then they'll take some kindness and be like oh well this is different than the standard so I'll interpret it as that I don't know who do you think is the more sensitive of the two in hookup culture the man or the woman I think they both put themselves out there to be hurt in different ways and then I think it's interesting that like 
the male reaction to like the night you know what I mean so like the morning I guess that's called like the morning after there's a yeah um the morning after it is interesting to see like are they genuinely just being nice or is there is there like um true affection that it's hard to bleed through because you're like oh he's just a nice guy and I've just been treated like crap so I don't know but this doesn't really mean anything and yeah. so I think there's so much miscommunication within hookup culture even though it's supposed to be this like no strings attached like that um, there are strings yes. <laughs> string cheese moment um would you say that like you'd consider that an inequality just like mm-hmm. inequality of the experience yes, whether you're a man sides. or whether you're, yeah yeah mm-hmm. whether you're a man or a woman you just have different expectations placed on you yes. but also like you have to operate within that system. So like as a guy, even if you consider yourself a nice guy and like normally you would make the girl breakfast afterwards, mm-hmm. but now you're like, ah, I have all these constraints. It's not expected that I make her breakfast, so I'm not going to do it or else I'll send the wrong message. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's limiting on both sides. Um, okay. Well, is that an, in- okay, this is what I wrote. I said, well, is that an inequality? The balance of power is uneven, and that's not even touching on people's intentions with casual sex. And there's still the, oh my God, this is so bad. There's still the buy the cow, or why would you buy the cow when the milk is free ideology? That's pretty prevalent. And then I was thinking about like the cow analogy, and then you also have like the chicken versus the egg analogy. And I was like, there's too many farm analogies going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that like the cow ver- cow and the milk thing is necessarily true. I don't think any amount of casual sex will go apple picking with you or go on a hike with you or take care of your children, I think, or even take care of your emotional needs. And it's not that those activities are like female specific, but they're like relationship specific. Mm-hmm. You need someone who you're going to be with for like a long term to go apple picking with. I'm not going to go with a stranger. I don't know. But um, yeah, there's no like casual relationship yeah there's no there is casual sex but there's no casual like let's go let's go do something together yeah that doesn't exist that's dating and that is a relationship so like the whole idea that like the boyfriend girlfriend dichotomy is going to be obsolete because of hookup culture it's just not true like people will always want someone to be emotionally attached it might just be that there's a few more hurdles to overcome but also like a question that I ask myself a lot when I think about hookup culture is are people's primary motivator for engaging in hookup culture like the whole idea that like I don't want to catch feelings like I'm scared of being vulnerable or do you think it's something else that motivates them what would that be like just boredom or like necessity well like physical necessity yeah. <laughs> like I need I to let some steam out <laughs> I would say necessity is probably a big drive on hookup culture um, but at the same time, I mean, people definitely do go into that not wanting emotional attachments. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So both. again, like the, like the miscommunication, mm-hmm. like you don't know if this person is here because they physically just want to do it or because they want to do it, but they don't want to, I guess, have the like emotional, emotional strings mm-hmm. or if like for some people like sex can be like a validating thing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, all these people want to sleep with me. Um, okay. So Let's talk about racially charged inequality. Now, this is just my hot take on this, but I think, frankly, it depends on where you are. So, like, for example, I'm from Dallas, but I'm also a teenage girl. So low self-esteem is a given. I think every girl goes to the realization that they're hot shit at some point. Um, Unfortunately for me, like, 
that realization was with a hot senior. Uh, COVID sent him home from college. Man had never given me the time of day during high school. But then whenever he came back, we just like bonded over a ton of things. And then suddenly we were like pseudo dating. You, you go on dates, but you never say that. Whatever. The casual dating. How do you yeah. <laughs> Well, you hang out and you go painting and you Hanging go on picnics out. and you never kiss. Not even on the third date. <laughs> Biggest regret. Okay. But anyways, this man was unbelievably attractive zoe like Mm -hmm. okay um tall ish i think he was like maybe like five nine or five ten but also like i'm two feet tall that is not a factor for me um he had the most pretty brown eyes they were like hazel and like little yellow speckles um and then he had like curly shaggy brown hair man was gorgina he was giving gorgina um give us the brown eye quote yeah, they were the most beautiful pair of brown eyes. Something about the warm- Not the devious behavior. <laughs> devious. Is this from? I have no idea. But when people say brown eyes aren't as pretty, they're lying. Yeah. Moment. Brown eye moment. Brown eyes. Um, but anyways, yeah, I this man was so unbelievably attractive. And I was like, damn, if he is attracted to me, that must say something about right. Yeah, like it was it was a good self-esteem it tells you moment something about yourself whenever someone else is attracted to you. Yeah. Um, and that is kind of unfortunate, like as a self-identified feminist that like I had to get my confidence from a hot man. But like, that's not the point. The point is that like I'm generally fairly confident in my appearance. Or at least I was before college. Now, let's get into this. Um, Okay, wait. I skipped a total part about, like, how I spent the majority of high school really insecure about, like, my appearance. And it was because because I spent a lot of time pining over a certain South Asian man who was almost exclusively attracted to white girls. So my self-esteem was shot for a long time. But then I recuperated because... Also, I live in a diverse city where, like, if you're hot, you're just hot regardless of race. But then the question is, how does this translate to a predominantly white institution like Dartmouth? And then I wrote, well, that's unclear. It might have to do with what a person was brought up around. So, like, what you're raised with is just what you're going to find attractive. So imagine, like, a white prep school guy from Connecticut he doesn't exactly have the most diverse palette. I don't know if, if that's like PC or if you can say that. Um, but yeah, he was just brought up around people who looked exactly like him, like thin white blonde girls. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you could also go with like the preferences argument. Like if you're going to be dating someone or if you're going to be sleeping with someone, you reserve the right to have a preference. So like if I only want to bang blonde white girls and like that's my prerogative because you know it's my sexuality and I can do whatever I want with it and also the second point is that you can't help who you're attracted to and then you can't make yourself attracted to someone however my rebuttal to that is prejudices and they're just like a false belief about someone founded on ignorance and sometimes that's not the person's fault so like if you're never challenged to look past these pre-established beliefs that like only blonde white girls can be pretty well then um you know you're pretty limited because that's your environment and that's all that you ever see um but that's just context it's not justification it doesn't mean that it's okay to I guess like 
rule out an entire race of people because you haven't been exposed to them. It just means you need to recognize that you come from like a limited environment. And then whenever you go into these like spaces that are more diverse, just recognize that like people can be hot regardless of race. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna posit that otherwise conventionally hot or attractive people of color are often overlooked when it comes to hookup culture. And I don't know if that necessarily means that it's an inequality, but I think it's a limiting factor in hookup culture. I don't know, like, would if you had to guess, like cold hard guess, this is an unfounded opinion moment, mm -hmm. would you guess that like white people on campus hook up more than people of color? Or would you guess that it's at similar rates? I would probably actually say it's at similar rates. Really? It's really, then we have to go with like, are white people hooking up with other white people? Or, and I, I grew up in like, I mean, my city is your Mac dead. It's not. It's, it's fine. It's um, still recording. I swear to God. It I mean, is. It is. My city was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give your story. I'm my city was pretty like homogenous, mostly white people. Um, so, I mean, I always just saw, you know, like white people and white people. So being here, I feel like I've seen a diversity that I didn't see before. But Ari's from like the city legitimately. So there probably was a more prevalent diversity there. Um, and a more diverse hookup scene. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I would say it's at equal rates. I would say there's equal opportunity hookups. Equal opportunity um, hookups? I'm so dead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. That's going to be the title of the episode. Um, okay. At similar rates? I would say, really, our question has to be, like, who has the most freedom to hook up? Do you know what I mean? Who has the most options is what I think is like oh, drawn to that's the very forefront of question. thought at a small school like this. Like, who is hooking up the most? Wait, why the hell is it not charging? <laughs> oh, your oh. charger's getting out of the thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I You're guess stretching her too far. Go to the... Okay, Dar another Dartmouth-specific question. Would you guess that athletes on average hook up more than, like, regular students? I think that highly depends on if they're in season or not. In season, <laughs> in season, I genuinely think they're so busy. But out of season, I would say they're oh, so Oh, I was going to guess that they hook up more in season. Like, I don't know. You're stressed. You want to get pheromones going? If you have going? a co-ed team, <laughs> yes. If you have a co-ed team, I could see that Wait, what possible. Wait, what, what teams are co-ed? Um, well, like teams that would travel together for oh. stuff. So, like, rowing would travel together sometimes. Oh, um, I, see, I see. Sailing, that sort of thing. Took me a sec. Okay, um, let's see. The next part was now let's look at inequality when it comes to orientation. So part one of this is when have you ever seen a dance floor make out between two girls or two guys? I've seen both since I've been here. No fucking yeah. way! Tricap, I saw two guys making out and no TDX, TDX, I saw quite a few girls making out. That's I felt, I literally like, wow. you have disproved my entire <laughs> treatise. I will be leaving now. No, the next argument was totally founded on that. But that's that's I was I was impressed to see it. I was like, damn, way to go. Whoa, I can respect that. I, I respect the hell out of it. I have that has not been my experience. Dance floor makeout scene is just not for me, period. I, um, I have a theory about the dance floor makeout scene. I feel like you it's quasi-comp... <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So Let's it's it's a little problematic. Here's my treatise, treatise on the dance floor makeout scene. Um, number one, stipulation, you must be tall. You must be you tall. You must be at least 
five six yeah. to engage in a dance floor makeout. Everyone under five six, you are non-existent. You just don't exist. Two worlds. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the second part of it, um, I think it's the same cycling cast of like a dozen girls and a dozen guys. Does Ooh. that make sense? Yeah. So every okay, my experience, which has been a little bit different from yours, every frat basement that I've gone into unnamed unnamed man <laughs> i feel like that's too specific if you heard it you heard it um <laughs> okay um so anyways i every time i see this man or or not man this creature this um big mouth, big, billy, bass. <laughs> big mouth billy bass every time i see big mouth billy bass in a frat basement he is making out with a different girl and there's literally nothing wrong with that but i've also noticed that like it's the same for girls almost so like it's the same dozen people that engage in a dance floor makeout and then it's kind of like um, musical chairs where they just rotate once around the corner oh um i need to know who you guys don't need to, but I We're do. doing a, a deep dive Instagram search. Oh, you don't follow him. I follow him. I'll show you pictures. Oh, I've so seen this kid. Y- you know so exactly. Right. Have you seen him in the dance floor makeout? Yes. That's kind of funny. I hate Wi-Fi. Too, I would say, I would agree with it. It's definitely some of the same people. Okay, yeah. This is the man. Um. Okay, yeah. So, it can make you feel like you're not as alive as everybody else like you're not as out there or outgoing because you're not doing the dance floor makeout and maybe you're not getting like the full dartmouth experience but like the reality is if it's the same cycling cast of like a dozen or so people then that's their dartmouth experience you know like the cesspool of dance floor makeouts and they're just projecting it onto you yeah or maybe it's just like it's just what's most visible Mm -hmm. especially like whenever you're dancing so you just like you see it and you think that everyone's doing it, but I guess like friendly reminder that it's a dozen or so people on of like, you know, whatever gender. But okay, my experience has not been seeing same sex couples make out. So the second part of that was that uh, lesbian porn is like the most popular category of porn in North America. And so <laughs> I had this tangent about like, so is it that Dartmouth has no lesbians hooking up or is it that they don't want to put on a show for frat brothers? Um, I don't know. Okay, so you, whenever you saw the two girls making out, was it like, have you ever seen Fast and Furious? And like, you know, when there's like two girls making out and it's like steamy, was it like, we're being hot, look at us make out? Or it was it like, the middle of the dance floor. it was off to the side. Um, and I mean, they were getting pretty hot and heavy, like clothes were coming off. Literally like, envious. <laughs> like, wow, wow. Um, but I think everyone, like, noticed, respected it. Um, yeah. Just, you know, like, respect that game. And... Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was, like, overtly... Um, like, being it wasn't, fetishized or something. Yeah, no, it wasn't. People like, would just, like, recognize it. Cinematic, if you will. It was just, like... It was just yeah. them. That's nice. Good for them. If the, you're out there... The two congrats. guys were less so, which is interesting. In Tricap, it was, like... That was kind of like a, this is going to be, and I mean, it, it should be their moment, but that was like, this is going to be our moment. Because they're two tall guys. <laughs> like, everyone saw them. Uh, just more evidence for our treatise on dance floor makeouts. Yeah. If you are five under 5'6", five, you do not exist. No. Don't expect a dance Good floor luck. makeout. Good luck. Um, okay, yeah. So, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to put on a show. Okay, so I wrote, it's just stark that hookup culture of the same 
sex couples, it has to kind of happen in the shadows. And that might not be Dartmouth specific. And as I've learned from Zoe, it isn't even at Dartmouth, um, at least not for those two couples. But I guess like only hope to see more in the future. Yeah. Um, But it's like apps like Grindr. They're the predominant source of like gay hookups. And I'm not sure if everyone else in I'm not sure like where everyone else in the LGBTQ community hooks up. But like for gay men, it's like predominantly Grindr. Right. And then um, if there's I'd argue that if there's an inequality in the method of hookup, Whereas, like, heterosexual couples are emboldened to grind and even make out in frat basements. And same-sex couples are regulated to using hookup apps like t- Tinder and Grindr. Grindr. <laughs> Grindr. Um, then, like, if there's a difference in the methods that you use to find your hookups, then that might be the source of an inequality. I don't know. Well, okay. At least we can agree that, like, you've definitely seen more, like, heterosexual dance floor make oh, yeah. compared to, like... For sure. So, yeah. no, I mean, I can only list, like, two or three on record. So that still shows an inequality because there's yeah. a guaranteed straight dance floor makeout. Um, and then, yeah. as I feel like in your experience, the night always devolves into this, like, complete, probably completely straight dance floor makeout, which yeah. is just... Tall people, tall, tall straight people, people making out. That's tall, how that straight, goes. beautiful people. Yeah, yeah. Questionably beautiful under the under the guise of some substance. <laughs> um okay yeah okay so. all bodies are beautiful um and also uh i wrote i suppose there's uh, i guess related to what you just said like there's the inequality of being perceived as hot or not so and good. i think that no one can account for that inequality like i think it's just the genetics lottery and i mean i guess part of it is like biological like there's that thing about like wide hips and like she will be like 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 a man's caveman spirit tells him she will be good for birthing children <laughs> and so you go after the slim thick shoddy because you're like well she's gonna birth my babies yeah. i don't know that's what the like that's what the caveman brain dictates yeah and i guess um have you ever heard that argument that like the reason that like women will seek out like taller men is because their femininity hinges on what they look like compared to their partner. So like, like let's say like you're a regular like five eight woman. That's not yeah. very tall for like. Like I mean, it is tall, but like it's not insanely tall. Mm-hmm. As a five eight woman, you cannot date a five seven or five nine man. Like that's just too close to your height. Mm-hmm. As a five eight woman, you're looking at the six two brothers, yeah. and it's because as like a taller woman, like your femininity is kind of in question because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're not petite and dainty like Tinkerbell. And so you need a taller man <laughs> who will make you feel more feminine, or not feel more feminine, but just but look the part. More yeah. Feminine. So it's kind of like, I guess sad because like short guys are always like, we're overlooked. Nobody cares about us. And it's like, babes, you're the patriarchy. Wait, like wait, you're have perpetuating you, Have you it. heard about this though? So it's no amount of money could make um, make a difference in the way that men prefer short girls, but for every like, it's like maybe twenty thousand dollars in salary, a girl's willing to settle for like a shorter man. It's crazy, yeah. So ladies, um, you can, yeah, it doesn't matter how much how much you've got in the bank, um, but for men, there is some like empirical evidence. Damn, there are so many short kings in the tech sector who are banking is, on that theory. Oh, I actually know this. I think I believe Jeff Bezos is five seven. Am I right? Yeah, I'm he's right. five seven. No, and his height is trending. <laughs> okay, wait. I want to guess how tall Elon Musk is. Elon Musk is like 
six one. He's giving BDE. I'm sorry. I'm ah! sorry. I I swear I'm ethical on all other like planes. Six one and a half. <gasps> what did I say? I'm so good at this. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let me guess. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Oh, I think he's pretty. Is he tall? I think he's five ten. He's giving five ten to me. If it says anything else on the internet, he owns the internet and he'll change it. What is his height? Five seven. No, not the <laughs> You own the internet. Why wouldn't you just lie on here? Um, I read somewhere that Shakira's four eleven, but I don't buy it. Like Snooki, Snooki's gonna make us all four six. I'm taller than Snooki, and I live five. Steve seven. Jobs. Wait, wait, don't tell me, don't tell me. I want to guess. Okay. Okay, Steve Jobs. Uh, six six flat. Six two. What? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. BD. I can't, I can't help it. Or Warren Buffett, king of BDE. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, yeah, past that tangent, um, the genetics lottery, you just mm-hmm. cannot help it. I wouldn't personally consider, like, attractiveness and inequality, but I can see how someone could argue that it is. So you could argue that, like, you know, primarily, like, Eurocentric features are more attractive and that'll put you at, like, a higher cue for hookup culture. Mm-hmm. Or... You could say, I guess, like, something related to fat phobia. Now, I think these are, like, immensely sensitive subjects, and I don't, I haven't necessarily done the research to really speak on them in any capacity, but I think it would be, I guess, wrong of me to talk about, like, inequalities in hookup culture without at least recognizing that, like, these are some factors that, like, Mm -hmm. might affect, I don't know, just hookup culture and, like, how you engage with it. Um, okay, so now that we've established some nuance here, it's possible, what the heck did I write? Uh, oh yeah, it's possible that there's like layered and also compounded inequalities. So it's kind of like the, the intersectional thing, right? So like, say that you're a person of color, but not only are you a person of color, but let's say you're a gay person of color, mm-hmm. then you're already, your chances for a dance floor makeout are already diminished, one, because you're gay. Your chances for, I guess, like being sought as sought after as like a viable hookup partner, are potentially. I don't want to say this one because I have no authority on this, but like I'm I'm gonna say they're potentially diminished because you're a person of color mm-hmm. and like maybe you're not someone's you first go, choice. You know, yeah. Who you okay. surround yourself with? Yeah, environment is like a huge factor. Um, but because in general, I would say that like. I I wouldn't think that like your race would count against you in like a city like. New York City or even Dallas or just like bigger cities but I think that like if you're in the middle of Nebraska and you're a person of color like babes I don't think you're hooking up yeah, like, like I don't <laughs> yeah um you're gonna be so exotic to like whoever oh does, true okay and then uh, insult to injury one it's harder to find a hookup two when you do find that hookup they yeah okay so anyways so that hurts as well it's not an ideal scenario also okay i didn't get i love you lily if lily's listening lily's my beautiful wonderful roommate we have gotten so close um love lily to death but i do remember that um halloween i dressed up as a slutty maid and then i was like i was wearing like uh leg warmers because it's freaking cold and um i was saying that like i looked like a child but like slutty like I was like no like because see that's the fear with being like on the very very short end of the spectrum because is it it's a question of like does he like me or does he like me because I'm 
I'm like the size of a third grader. Like, is he giving pedophile? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever had that like thought that like? I think it definitely depends on like how you've established the like beginning yeah. of the connection. Because if there is like little to no personal information outside of like the very surface level, yeah. Then yeah, I'd say there's definitely grounds to be like he likes me because I'm, and that's like super questionable. Yeah. Like, no. Ooh. Do you want to hear my most gross encounter ever? Yes. Okay. I. I'm a woman of age. I am 18. I was 18 years old when this happened. Don't send me to prison. Grown. But I, I did live in Dallas, and I was very bored over the summer. And so me and my best friend had this bucket list. And on the bucket list was for us to go on a double date at some point. And so we were like, well, how do we organize this? So we both made Bumble accounts. And so, like, whatever. As goes with many stories of men on the Internet, there was an altercation, I guess. I don't know. But anyways, um. On Bumble, you have the option of, like, putting your height. I just went ahead and put my height because I was like, dude, I don't want you to be surprised when I pull up and I'm two feet tall. Like, um, anyways, this man said, like, the grossest thing ever. He's like, are you really 4'11"? And I was like, yeah. Like, uh, what? what's your question? And then he was like, something about, like, me being, like, a little. Oh, no, no, no. He asked me big spoon or small spoon. Now, surprisingly, I'm a big spoon. Fun fact. But anyways, he says something gross. He's like. You'll nice. be like my little backpack. <laughs> no, 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 no. It gets worse. It gets worse. I don't know if I can say this on air. <laughs> Wait, how do you... Can you check how many people are listening? Yeah. <laughs> because, okay. If it's if it's over two or something, I can't say this. <laughs> no, no, wait. I'll you. No, I need to know. I need to What's know. The, um... Oh, God. Someone sent it to me at some point. I literally... Is this it? No, isn't that Listener it? Peak twenty six. <laughs> Can you refresh it? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, you keep looking. I'll refresh. In our technical difficulties era. Oh, I'm teaching the wrong mouse. <laughs> yeah, it's a little confusing. Okay. Since slight undercounts. Ray said slight undercounts make us feel better. No one's listening. <laughs> or I wouldn't know. Um, it says listener peak. Stream status. I think it means five. Five. I literally don't want to go to jail for this. Okay, whatever. I I gave too much of a setup. I have to say this. Yeah. Okay, recap. Man asked me big, small spoon. I said big spoon. Uh, I'm his backpack. And then he says, (laughs) he says that I put a very special package inside of, um, and uh, at that moment, I decided the internet and men on the internet was not for me. So, unmatched yeah. the man. Really, like, I'm an atheist, but I considered religion after that point. <laughs> I considered being God religious. No, that. truly. Um, so, anyways, where was I going with that? Just that, like, oh, yeah, like, as a short woman, I think a fear for me, especially even when I wear anything slutty, is, like, knowing, I mean, I don't think that. I have, like, any privileges whenever it comes to, like, I don't know, being attractive. So, like, I don't necessarily have, like, Eurocentric features. Um, I'm not white, you know. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying I have these things working against me. I feel like I'm fairly confident in my appearance. But I think what's always, like, a stickler for me is my height. And it's not because I don't enjoy being short. Like, girl, I am killer at hide and seek. I just (laughs) am. Like, you will not find me. Um, but I think the issue, the, like, where the insecurity comes from is, like, the idea that, like, 
a guy isn't into you, he's like fetishizing you because you're like short and you like look like a child and he has like some deep rooted like weird fetish stuff. I'd say that happens to like tall girls too or girls with like certain features. But yeah. yeah, it is still hard just in general to like question like the genuineness of the attraction. attraction. Yeah. Or the so. root of it. Because maybe it is, I mean, I would say most attraction is genuine, but yeah, where's that coming from? Like psychologically, Freud, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Take a shot every time we mention Freud on mediatations. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. Well, according to John Rawls, the way that we perfect a society uh, is that we have to start from the original position. So assuming that you, Zoe Dominguez, do not know who you are, you don't know whether you'll be a man or a woman. You don't know whether you'll be straight or what your orientation will be. You don't know what your race will be. You don't know how attractive you'll be. But let's like operate under the assumption that like you want to engage in hookup culture. Like you want to make it good for you. So what rules would you like set up to mitigate inequality between men and women? Um well, so what do we think the rules are in place that we would be changing? It would be like Well, I guess it's like the first thing that I started with, right? The idea that like if a guy is nice to you, then mm-hmm. sometimes men will like try to not be nice to you because they don't want you to get the wrong idea. But then when they are nice to you, women can sometimes misinterpret that because the precedent, like the mm-hmm. they've been conditioned to be expected to like get kicked to the curb. So I guess like the first immediate change in my mind would be like the flip that it would be to be a guy. If I was a guy, I wouldn't want the pressure of being like, I'm nice to you only because I like you, not I'm nice to you because I'm like a decent human being. Yeah. So I guess I would try and like openly, I would kind of try and make it a societal norm to like openly communicate like, hey, this is just all that this is to me, but I still want to respect you and like be kind to you within that. Can you imagine a guy with, like, six keystones in his system saying something like that? He's, like, really drunk. He's like, I just want you to know that I'm a feminist and I respect it. So, like, it's never going to happen. Now give me head. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. Well, okay, but this is John Rawls. This is, like, a perfect society. perfect society. If I can stay, like, is it behind the veil of ignorance? Yeah, yeah. You don't know what you are. So if I could stay behind the veil of ignorance, I would try and just be, like, crazy honest. But at the same time... No one wants to be vulnerable. That's, like, yeah. the whole reason that, like, hookup culture exists. Because exists. you don't... Exactly. So it's, like, I would probably end up defeating hookup culture with my roles. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Hookup um, culture is, like, the ultimate battle boss. Yeah. Um, another uh, rule. I, I have one that I mm-hmm. feel like is really problematic. I honestly I anticipate that, like, you would maybe not agree with it. But I think that really intoxicated people should not be able to have sex with each other if... On I the agree. condition, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, agree with I don't that. <laughs> no, 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 I don't, I don't mean like really intoxicated, like falling over, even like tipsy people. I don't think tipsy people should be able to have sex with each other if it's their first time having sex. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I kind of agree with that too. I mean, yeah. okay, tipsy is, bu- relative, tipsy but... is different than buzz too. Cause like, I feel like buzzed, it's but first again, buzz, then it's tipsy, defeating, then it's wasted. I'd say you're defeating hookup culture with that too, because like sober, a lot of hookups happen. Sober interactions are sober like innately happen. personal. Okay, sober okay, okay. If, it, when okay. Emotional if, if you're meeting for the first time, you haven't discussed having sex beforehand, and this is like your first time meeting with this person, both of you are like tipsy. I don't think you should be able to have sex. But like, say like you've been talking for a while, mm-hmm. sex is already on the table. You show up at a party, you're both tipsy. I think it's acceptable to have sex at that point because sex was on the table when you were sober. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, okay. 
I would say, yeah, back to communication, like discussion needs to go into it. And if you're both tipsy, even I would say the discussion is going to take like a different direction than maybe it would if you were sober. And you can't even really take that chance and still be ethical. Yeah. Yeah. Ethical sex. Um, (laughs) I wrote also like both parties should know what their intentions are. Mm -hmm. And so that means like your intentions for yourself. So like do some self-interrogation, like what do I want to come of this? Like, do I just want to get like, you know, my jollies? Do I just want to like, yeah, like you know, get laid. yeah. Or is it that like, I'm really stressed out about school. I feel like I have no control over my life. And because I can't have control over my life, I'm going to go have really rough sex and hook up. Like, you know, cause that's, that's obviously not like a healthy mind to go mm-hmm. into like sexy time stuff that you should be like, no, I just well, want to do hook so up fun. Culture, yeah. Though, right? Yeah. <laughs> All of this is like balancing on the idea that like you want to maintain hookup culture. But I don't know. I think that's fun. Like the, the juxtaposition and like yes. also like just the contradiction. Um, and then what else did I write? Um, also, I think that people should like use simple words that are kind of like coded. So like I feel like if you're making out with someone and like let's say things are escalating, I think just like turning into them and saying something like, like, while you're making out and just going, like, this is casual, right? Like, one, I feel like that's not really an asshole move. That's just, like, putting it on the table. Like, is this casual for you? Because it's casual for me. And if it being casual for me is an issue for you, then, like, this we is your stop. out. This is your yeah. exit. You can We can stop here. And then also, I feel like it's not like you're this sitting down and you're being, like, these are my conditions and these are <laughs> yeah. your conditions. Now sign this contract. It's still like very natural. And I don't think it's a lot to expect from a person, but like in the middle of the makeout, you just go, this is casual. Right. And then the girl will go, yeah. And then you just keep going. And mm-hmm. like, there's, there's nothing awkward about it. It's not too difficult to do. And it That's also true. puts things on the table. But then I also think the opposite of that. So if you want to establish that, like, Hey, I don't just want to sleep with you. Like mm-hmm. I, when in the morning, like, let's go get breakfast at Lou's and, like, let's go on a hike and whatever. Like, let, let's say it's serious. I feel like as you're making out, you go, I really like you. Or you say yeah, something like that. that's true. Because then that gives the sign that, like, okay. This is not, yeah, This is not, not casual. the casual one. I see what you mean. So yeah. if it's socially acceptable to be, like, well, in theory, socially acceptable. In my, in, like, in the crazy world of yeah. my mind, <laughs> socially acceptable to be, like, this isn't exactly casual for me then it should be acceptable to be like, this is casual for me. Because yeah. otherwise, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And then once you have like, okay, so it's not like you're you're sitting down and you're being like, this is the contract of casual or this is the contract of we're going to be an item after this. This is like coded language where you can say like three or five words. I really like you or this is casual. You know, it's, it's coded language, but also like it, it mitigates like miscommunication because then like you'll both ideally be you'll on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And then also just like a rule, I think that you should always ask if it's okay to sleep over, even if like you're fairly intoxicated, assuming this is not your first time sleeping together. But um, back to our, pre- refer to yeah. our previous rule. <laughs> this is our constitution on hookup culture. Notes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you should ask to sleep over. I don't personally, uh, not that. <laughs> <laughs> if Big Mouth Billy Bass was uh, doing something with someone, Big Mouth Billy Bass would have the decency to ask, hey, is it okay if I sleep over in your dorm? Or Versus just should like I passing go? out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless it's like a safety hazard for you to get to your dorm. But also like, 
if it's snowing outside, you do not have the right to kick your hookup out. Like, like they, yeah. they just provided a service. Like, you are not going to kick them out. This the is cool. a service-based economy, actually. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I, I feel like that should be a good rule. Like, say, because what if you don't want them to sleep over? Like, you want you wake up in the morning and let's say you have, like, a really rigid routine. Like, you have to go to the gym in the morning. I don't want this person in my fucking dorm. I mean, Billy Bass doesn't want this person <laughs> in their fucking, fucking dorm. dorm. Um, so yeah, I think you should ask if it's okay. And then also, this is like unrelated, but related. I think hickeys are a factor. I think people need to have more conversations about hickeys. Like you should say, hey, I'm not okay with like being marked up. Like that's so that middle school. Kind of, yeah. It's very middle school. I've seen people in Boca with like hickeys. <laughs> I'm like low key giggling the whole time. Or when, when they're wearing like a tank top and they've got hook, like hickeys, I'm like, okay. All right, active. <laughs> Okay, so that is our answer to gender-based, like, inequality. But then there's also, like, racial inequality, which, I don't know, is pretty complicated. I think one of my stipulations was just, like, more self-interrogation. So, like, just looking back on your own history and looking at your exes and being like, oh, my God, all my exes are, like, white men. Like, that's probably an issue. It's not an issue because, like, like I said, with the example of, like, the guy who went to, like, prep school in Connecticut, if all that was around you was white girls, then, like, I don't blame you for only ever having white exes, because what were you supposed to do, like, yeah. you know, start some long distance, like, I, well, I it understand would almost that. be weird to, like, seek out yeah, something yeah, yeah, else yeah. for the purpose of it being, like, diverse. But, but, like, you're on Dartmouth's campus. I think Dartmouth's campus is, like, diverse asterisks. So, like, yeah. if you're if you're from Connecticut, Dartmouth's campus, or not Connecticut, but, like, a prep school type B, Dartmouth campus is probably like, like I would a new world. Consider it diverse. Yeah, yeah. and like whereas well, it's on similar rates as my high school because my high school was also predominantly white, but like my neighborhood, it was like really, really diverse, like a bunch of Hispanic people. So this is like I don't know. It's not a culture shock because I'm used to it from my high school, but it it's but it not different. I wouldn't consider it different diverse. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't consider it diverse in in comparison to Dallas. But if you're from a prep school in Connecticut, yeah, this place is probably diverse for you. So anyways, point is just like ask yourself, are the people that I'm attracted to or this is a game that I have with a friend and it's called like, um, is he hot or is he white? I was talking about the one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so honestly, just like asking yourself that, like whenever you're hooking up with someone or like, okay, before you get to hooking up with them, imagine like being in someone's dorm, you're like making out and you go, oh my God, I'm only here because you're white. I'm going to dip now. No, that would be really bad. But that, just, That's like when you recognize them as a sexual being. Yeah. I think you have to make that decision. That's like crunch yeah. time. Yeah, but I, I just think like asking yourself questions like, why have I never been with a person of color? Or is it that I just never had the opportunity to do it? Or is it because I just don't see them? you know um so yeah just a lot of like introspection and like thinking about who you are and like your take on race um and then also I don't know if this one is problematic like I wrote it down but now I'm kind of disagreeing with it like feel free to disagree with it but I guess just like sometimes you can't see things when it applies to yourself but maybe your friends can see it a little bit better so say that like you have a pretty open relationship with your friends and you talk about all your hookups with your friends oh, or even just like relationships. I feel like as a friend, you potentially reserve the right to like call your friends out and be like, 
hey dude you have been like hooking up with like the same i don't know like not i I keep saying white girls and honestly that's not fair but like you keep hooking up with like the same white guys too and i feel like i don't know with the racial race-based inequality like it hinders on that like white people on campus would have like the upper hand when it comes to hookup Mm -hmm. culture not because they're hooking up more but like like you said, like the idea that like maybe they have more options. The yeah. hookup accessibility. <laughs> yeah, equal what did we say? Equal, equal opportunity ac- Equal opportunity hookups. Yeah, so I think just like there's no way to like police people being prejudiced. There's no way to quantify yeah. that. Well and then like it comes Affirmative to, action for hookups. If you were like you if you were, like, hey, even if you did start that conversation, yeah. Hey, you know, you've only been hooking up with like this X sort of person. Yeah. Is that is that your prejudice or are you past prejudice and that's your type for some reason? And then like do I call you out for your type or is this something innate yeah. that like maybe is Well, I don't really know. Innocent? What do you what do you think about types? Like do you think I, that they exist? I don't think I have like a strong physical type. So mm-hmm. I'd say my type's always been like personality. Exactly. And I feel like that's the only way for so types like, to work. But hookup culture kind of rejects that because the whole notion yeah. is that you don't get to know them on a like super personal level. True. So that like Damn. I Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that I guess defeats the whole like hookup culture purpose. Yeah. Therefore you would see types come out more. Yeah. Right? And so I would say looking at somebody's hookups might be different than looking at somebody's dating relationships. Yeah. So maybe just like recognize hot people of color on campus <laughs> and you'll be fine. But like, I don't know, that doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. I think it's just a lot of like introspection, like thinking about yeah. who you are as a person. Um, that's the only way to like, I guess, address it. And then for inequality related to sexual orientation, I think it depends on the environment. So, like, if I, for some reason, went to the University of Alabama, I probably would not make out with a girl in a frat basement in Alabama because hate crime. Hello. Or, okay, I will say for women, it's more like you'll get fetishized and, like, a bunch of frat brothers will, like, circle you and be like, that's hot. Whereas, like, if you're two guys making out, maybe that's not the most healthy or, like, even safe environment to be doing that because, hello, homophobia. Um... So, one, like, just be cognizant of, like, your be environment. Safe. We want yeah. you to be safe. Yeah. Um, but then also, like, I would say, like, be more open, be bold. Like you were saying with, like, the two same-sex, like, yeah. dance floor makeouts you saw. Like, I, I haven't seen any of that. Please <laughs> indulge <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, that sounds we want to so see bad. it. It's not weird. Yeah. We want to see it for, like, equal opportunity. Hello. Research. Um, yeah. So... Basically, this is so dumb. I hate the use of this word. It's so overused, but like normalize same sex um normalize same sex uh dance floor makeouts, please. Um and then oh, I wrote this. This is funny. I wrote, "You are a member of this cesspool of casual sex. You are not regulated to the shadows. If you want to have a dance floor makeout and you are sure. part of the LGBTQ community, that is your prerogative. You can do it. Right. Yeah. If you're short, we're warning you. Yeah, we're no, no, warning no. you now. Good effing luck. Yeah, let's add a caveat. Everything that we just said about being more <laughs> inclusive in hookup culture does, does not apply if you are under 5'6". <laughs> if you are under 5'6", you do not exist on this you campus. You are a victim. <laughs> I'm sorry. Coming from like the under five foot club. Oh, going from, like, Wait, short as hell. 
Wait, that'd be so funny. Like, you know how when someone dies, you say like six feet under? <laughs> if we had like a duo show called Five Feet Under. That's so funny. Oh, okay. We're constantly brainstorming new ideas. Yeah. What is it? Um, oh. Short and dismayed. Short and dismayed. Petite and dismayed. Yeah, petite. Petite. That or was cute. it. Or cute. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, yeah. But I totally skipped the first part. The first part um, of mediations usually was like me doing like a, a recap or like a catch up on my week. What has changed? Mm-hmm. Um, there have. Um, I know I did one episode where I talked about how many times I fell down the stairs in a week. It was so bad. Shit was clumsy. Um, but anyways, this week, uh, I guess we should talk about the hair. Yes. Um, I've been thinking about bangs for a, a while now. I've had bangs basically every year of my life since I was like 14. Like it's on and off. My hair grows really fast. So literally like when I come back for winter term, it's going to be gone. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Have you ever had bangs? What are your I thoughts? haven't ever had bangs. So my brother has like kind of a big forehead, maybe it's a small forehead. Small. I have a, I have a two head. A yeah, two head, no. So literally. my brother's my brother's small forehead, and we always joke that like if he was a girl, he would have bangs. Aww. I I've always had a side part. Controversial. I'm <laughs> not giving it up. It might Hot be chuggy, but I like my side part. Um, I've never had bangs. I'm not sure if they would suit my face. I guess Wispy I could bangs. go for like a curtain bang moment. <gasps> Ooh, that'd be good. I always get like a little layer in the front moment. That's about that's about yeah. where I'm at. But I'm loving your bangs. And they're I so natural. Don't I was like know. <laughs> I was I like, did yet. she get bangs when I saw you in class? And then you did in fact get yeah. bangs. I feel like um have you ever seen like those Yorkie puppies that are like hyper groomed mm-hmm. and they've got like bangs going on? I feel like a Yorkie puppy. I'd say um, bangs are on a spectrum. Is that fair to say? There's like the like tight Oh, yeah, yeah. What are they called? They're called Blunt Bangs. Blunt Bangs. Yeah, these were inspired by Miss Zoe Deschanel. Um, we worship. Yeah, she plays, like, the same character in every movie she ever. She was typecast as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do we feel bad for her? Was she a victim? Was she a victim? Or was she just after that coin? Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever watch New Girl? I'm going to watch Fleabag over winter. Yes. Okay, so we've been discussing, like, our Fleabag era. (laughs) For those of you who don't know. What does Fleabag era mean? Yeah. It's, like, washing your bangs in the sink, like, wearing dogs, your lipstick smeared. You're showing up late, but you tell everyone you're going to be on time. You're a mess and you know it, but, like, no one else is really, or at least from your, like, understanding, no one else is really noticing. And so it's this weird, like, am I the only one mentality? And it's just like, am I the only one times ten? And you're making these decisions, and you're like, wait, like no one's noticing that you're flopping. It's kind of like, am I even being perceived? And it's this weird because Fleabag basically we see like throughout the show, her issue is like with trusting other people. So she turns to the fourth wall and like to trust her audience because they're (laughs) her only like confidant. And it's really interesting to see like the show kind of shows her growth in that. But so your Fleabag era is like. I don't need to trust you. Like, I have this other... It's kind of like developing this other world as, like, a coping mechanism. And you're like... <laughs> what are you trying to, like, encourage me to do, Zoe? <laughs> I'm just saying it's kind of a crazy introspective time. Like, yeah. Washing your bangs out. in the sink. It's, like, a crazy energy. Do you think um, this might be just, like, limited to, like, middle school? But mm-hmm. do you ever think, like, ever in your life, at any point, you ever did anything, like, unhinged a little bit so someone would comment on it? So like a little time. a little bit attention seeking but not all the way. I would say I'm always like one inconvenience from sliding back to my middle school self. <laughs> what was your middle school self like? Take us on a stroll down mer- memory. Definitely lane. just like was attention seeking, doing things not for myself, not for my own enjoyment. I would say that lifestyle lasted until like sophomore year. Eh. 
Um, but I, I think got better throughout that. There was progress. But middle school, Zoe was just, like, attention-seeky, unhappy. What'd she do for attention? I need to know. Unless you don't want to say it No, it wasn't even that bad. It was just, like... Billy, big no, mouth Billy Bass. really just, like, acting out or, like, being mean to, like, my friends. Not, like, cool, nice things. Just, like, yeah. weird. I have, a, I have two questions that I always ask people to mm-hmm. feel like I can trust them or get to know them better. Okay. Okay, the first question is always... What is the most gross thing you've done in your entire life? Okay, so I'm not a germaphobe, like, by any means, and it really shows. Um, I could just lie on air. Zoe doesn't shower. She showers once a week. See, (laughs) I'll go for, like, three days sometimes without showering and get a lot of judgment. That's not even, I don't even consider that that gross. I would say, like, the grossest thing I've ever done would probably be, like, like, I'll... I would eat after, like, a stranger, definitely. That doesn't bother me. Eat after a stranger? So, yeah. like, eat their leftovers? Yeah. Like, off their fork. Oh, the trash, without maybe. washing it? Yeah, like, that wouldn't exactly bother me. What, what, what if they have, wouldn't they have, like, mouth, have like, feet? ulcers or something? Yeah. Or like, yeah, hand, foot, mouth. I don't know. I don't really fear that. <laughs> You're invincible. That's what it's giving. A crazy mindset. Okay, what's the meanest thing you've ever done to another person? Wait, unrelated while you think. Have you ever seen South Park? Yes. Whenever I think of the meanest thing, I think about Cartman. And, like, this guy <laughs> had, like, Park. stolen, or no, he'd taken the last Wii or, like, some, he took something from Cartman, and Cartman was pissed off at him. And so they had, like, a chili eating contest, um on the on the show and he made chili and he had the guy who pissed him off like eat the chili and then after the guy finished the entire plate he was like whoa Cartman you're not so bad like maybe we can be friends like this was pretty good chili and then he goes so your parents are missing because his parents had gone missing that episode and basically he made chili out of the kid's parents and then had him eat it and he was really close with his parents and he starts crying and he's like starts to throw up and he's like mom dad and i know this is really fucked up but also this is like animated like it's funny it's south park but whenever i think of the meanest thing i'm like no one will ever top eric cartman well, there's was one brutal. girl in my class, we were sophomore year chemistry, this is before, like, vaccines were, like, yeah. actually a hot topic, but we were talking about vaccines, because they're always, like, slightly a hot topic, Yeah. and I had kind of been, like, her partner in this whole thing, so, like, I knew her nuanced opinions on vaccines, which she was anti-vax, Ooh. and then when it came time for, like, the final presentations, like, my first question was, like, is anyone in here anti-vax, and, like, I knew she was gonna answer, and then I basically decimated her in front of, like, a bunch of 15-year-olds with this, like, kind of personal doxing information um, that, like, I definitely shouldn't have. And I don't really know why What was exactly. her reaction to that? She she just got, like, red in the face. Wait, is she is she vaxxed? Yes. So that was part of my issue is, like, how much of a hypocrite can you be? And then I, like, kind of pointed towards society. Wait, like, were you guys friends? We were, like, locker partners. It was a tentative friendship. It was more like a lab friendship partner friendship. <laughs> so... I guess I was just, like, looking back, that was so unnecessary. And it was to, like, prove my own point and make my presentation better. Um, you, you said in-audience participation. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... I will not be, like, participating when you do a gov. A gov. So that was just, like, spiteful and, like, mean and shallow. Did well, she not, ever, like, call you out on it? No. We never talked about it. She was just, like, deeply upset by it. Ew. It's brutal out here. Do you, do you trust me now? Did I, <laughs> I do. I do. You passed the test. We are also very close to our one hour mark. 
So um, we'll see you next time on the last episode of Mediatations.